Listen, you can't handle the truth. It's about to go off. Live from the WNSR Strike and Spare Studios. Just a bit outside. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. Show me the money! Call now at 615-844-5600. Oh, righty then. Now, the McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin. And a good Tuesday afternoon to you, and yes, it is time for the McFarland Show here on WNSR. Darren and Justin here with you for the next two hours on what is an absolutely gorgeous day. Chamber of Commerce Holy moly. Day. Can we bottle this up? No. And save it for every day? No. Any chance of that? No, because we don't live in San Diego. We, we live in Nashville, okay, yeah. where we get three and a half seasons uh, a year. Okay, that's fair. We get a little piece of winter, but not the full winter like they do in some. San Diego, go for it. 78 and sunny every day. Um, covering a Chargers-Titans game once at the, what was it? Jack, Jack Murphy, Murphy Stadium, yeah, the Murph. Uh, open air press box. That's when you know you're in a nice yeah. climate. Yeah. Open air. Yeah. Don't even have, not not that they had glass and they slid the glass windows open. No. There, there's just no glass. There there was no glass. Okay. Yes. Listen, I was surprised there was a roof. I'm surprised it was an actual booth to be in. Well, it didn't feel – I mean, let me tell you, it, you didn't feel like you were in a booth yeah. because those fans were – the. it was open air and yeah. they're right below you yeah. and it is – at times, is like you – well, not at times. Oh, anything good happening yeah. for the Chargers, it felt like you were sitting in the stands, which, yeah. you know, like, you know, I know a lot of people are like, oh, nobody cares. There were people – you know, you're in there to work. A sure. lot of people – you know, there's a lot of people who are writers and Absolutely. they're trying to concentrate oh, yeah. and write stories throughout yep. the course of the game. And yes, they are. It did make it difficult. Oh, yeah. Again, I get a lot of people, boo-hoo, oh, poor media. Yeah, listen. But it – it was loud, man. It, it can was be real. Hard trying to write, you know, and concentrate you know, with people know, screaming. Six and inches of copy with <laughs> seventy thousand people, you know, screaming. I can see how a few of those guys, you know, who, and, and you know, we don't we don't talk about this a lot, and we were not going to spend a ton of time on it today. But we we ran into some really cool people covering Titans games over the years. Um, got like Jared Bell from USA Today, who mm-hmm. I read for years. And next thing you know, he's sitting right there. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> this is Jerry Bell right now writing this thing that I'm getting ready to read tomorrow. Yep. This is super cool. Um, and, and a few others, too. It's, it was really a John Feinstein uh, when he would stop by from yes. uh, for all the time. Peter King would be up there. And these guys were up there writing. They were up there working. Pretty regularly. Yeah. Yeah. That was so cool to watch and see. Yeah, John Feinstein's kind of written some pretty popular books over the years. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Or a lot of popular books (laughs) over the years. Like award-winning books. Yeah. Sports books. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that. Uh, We're going to talk to Sean Henry. He is the president and CEO of the Nashville Predators. That's coming up in about eight minutes or so. So we will catch up with Sean and find out 24 hours removed from yesterday how it all feels now that the dust Mm -hmm. has settled. So we'll talk to Sean at that. We'll uh, catch up with Steve Lehman from News Channel 5 in about an hour or so. 
Combine going on in Indianapolis. Yes. So lots going on here, and it is that time of year where you're going to now start hearing lots of stuff from the Combine, including Mm -hmm. new Titans GM speaking today. In fact, I think he's already spoken. I was checking for it uh, earlier, and I haven't anything. seen it. So I was looking for it uh, myself about an hour ago and had not seen it. And I think Mike Vrabel is set to talk here. In fact, we need to put one of these TVs, Devlin, on NFL Network because they're doing wall-to-wall coverage. And uh, I think Mike Vrabel is set to talk sometime this afternoon. And I know Tim Kelly is there. So this is a day where you're going to hear a lot of the Titans coaches and new GM talking uh, as the Combine is getting ready to kick off there at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, Indiana. This is the last day of February. Oh, we don't have, okay. Yeah. All right. My bad. My bad. Okay, we do We do actually uh, have the uh, Rand Carthorne did speak less than an hour ago, uh, so it just happened. Uh, he spoke about for about 17 minutes, and uh, Devlin's on their Twitter page, uh, by the way. All right, so we'll get, to, um, so we'll get, get into to that get a little bit. Yeah, we'll hear yeah. a little bit. We'll check in. On that in a little bit. So the combine is getting ready to get cranked up. Tomorrow will be March. And so for the next week or so, all the NFL folks will be in Indianapolis attending the underwear party. (laughs) And maybe for the last time. So we'll see. See, I don't believe that. I really don't. I would be floored. Absolutely floored. So... We never got into this. No, we didn't. When, when you brought it up. Today is an appropriate day. It is an appropriate day because the combine, you're going to see tons of combine coverage for the next seven days. Where did that come from? Where did, you, where did that start? Do you know where it started? I do not know the publication. Uh, it came from someone reputable. It was not just some random podcast thing I saw on Twitter uh, that it came from. Someone with some juice uh, or who would know. Uh, said something to the effect that the NFL was thinking about. Now, it didn't say that they were making a definite move towards ending the combine, like, you know, like like immediately. Obviously, the owners would have to vote on things and things like that, but uh, it definitely sounded like they were at least, at the very least, thinking about finding another way to do the combine or just stopping to do it all together. Okay. And, and I can look it up to see exactly who. So, again, I'm just posing things to you. You're not the one... You're not the originator of this getting out there, but I'm just going to, we're doing a talk show. So I, you're the person I can talk to. So I, I've got to talk to you. Well, okay. okay? Well, that's fine. I'm here. And you may not have the answers, but you have grown this thing into this bohemoth thing. Okay. It used to be just, you, you, you know, you didn't get all this coverage. Now they let fans. I mean, it's crazy. Like now the combine is an event, it is an absolute event. And now you can watch it. You know everything about the combine, so you've built it to this this huge event. Now, why would you get rid of it? Well, it doesn't make any sense. It, they get tons of attention for the next seven days on this product. It doesn't make sense to end it. Uh, that is for sure. Here he is. Okay, from ESPN.com. Uh, it was uh, it was the president of the Players Association, the um, executive director of the Players Association. Uh, this is dated February the 8th. It says that uh, Demary Smith wants to get rid of the NFL Combine. He said on Wednesday during the uh, Players Association annual Super Bowl news conference. Uh, Smith shared his desire to abolish the Combine and instead establish regional pro days. 
potentially put the uh, potentially put on by the NFLPA. The response came after he was asked about the NFL executive vice president of football operation Troy Vinson comparing the combine to a slave auction during some league meetings back in December. So I could read on, but that is where it came from. Okay. So you know that those are people who you know that's that's you know more than in the know that's that's on the record there. If you're talking about the Super Bowl press conference, it's it's tough to get more on the record than that. So would I like to see them refine some things? Yes, but to get rid of it would be absolutely asinine, in my opinion, absolutely asinine, and it would be ridiculous for well. By the way, the Players Association, it's people that aren't a part of the Players Association yet. It's not members of the Players Association. Why would the PA be weighing in on something members that are not their members yet? Because I, and this is just what you know, what I'm reading into it. Yeah, is that they will be players, and they are getting a head start in representing them. This is still a player related type of operation. It is not strictly an owner or front office operation. There are players involved. So in their minds, listen, if the player, and maybe they look at it this way, if a player has declared himself draft eligible, therefore we are here to make sure that his his interests are represented here. Okay. Because if not, then who else is going to do it? Yeah. Well, uh, that would be a huge mistake. Um, players, it's Valentine's Day. I know we just had Valentine's Day, but it's Valentine's Day two weeks later. No. Yeah, well, no, don't, don't, get, don't freak out. You're okay. cool. That was two weeks ago. Okay. But it's recreated in Indianapolis. This is where GMs and teams fall back in love. They fall in love, Justin. Yeah. They fall in love with people. They do. This is where people soar up boards and make lots of money. They can. From this party in Indianapolis. But is it possible for them to fall in love regionally? So they can fall in love in Minneapolis one weekend, then go to Atlanta and fall in love at the uh, the Mercedes-Benz Dome, then go out to SoFi and fall in love at the West Coast Combine, then perhaps, you know, go up to, you know, some random place we can find in the Northeast that has good weather this time of the year, and fall in love up there you know why do we have to fall in love in indianapolis i just don't need that many valentine's days you know we just don't now that is my one thing about this if you did separate it into regional pro days that's a lot of travel all of a sudden when you just used to have to go to one place Place. right now you're going to eight or four or five and And why yeah there you go all right we'll come back we'll talk to sean henry President and CEO of the Nashville Predators will do that next here on the McFarland Show, Nashville Sports Radio. Individual rates, coverage offerings, and savings may vary. Subject to terms and conditions. Not available in all areas. Actual pie customer. The other workers' comp insurance company, they were going to reclassify our business, and then they were going to charge me $50,000. Meet Natalie, owner of the carpentry shop. Shocked by an unexpected bill, she knew it was time to switch her workers' comp provider. That's when she found Pi Insurance. When we got the quote back from Pi, it was a sigh of relief. They put us in a policy where we fit. Is your small business overpaying for workers' comp insurance? See how much you could save at IWantPi.com. Plus, when you sign up for pay-as-you-go billing, your premium is based on your actual payroll, not an estimate. So your workers' comp audit experience is simplified. I'm grateful that there's a company out there that's willing to insure us little guys because every dollar counts with pie insurance you get pricing and coverage made for small businesses what are you waiting for ask your agent for pie or get a quote in three minutes at iwantpie.com that's iwantpie.com 
Bundling home and car insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? They may drop little hints like... Beautiful day out. Even more beautiful since we saved by bundling our home and car insurance with GEICO. Or... Yard work is hard. Much harder than bundling with GEICO, which was easy. Or it may be even subtler, like... Speaking of burgers, we bundled our home and car insurance with GEICO and saved a bunch of money. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19, those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit GiveWestwood.org. GiveWestwood.org. Hey, Nashville. Start your day the right way with Bongo Java Cafe, located in the lobby of the Omni Nashville Hotel. Bongo Java is Nashville's oldest local coffee company. Get your day started with a freshly baked muffin and wash it down with a hot cup of dark roast or hair of the dog blend. With free Wi-Fi, you can get some work done while enjoying a toasted breakfast sandwich. Beat the traffic. Treat yourself at Bongo Java Cafe, located in the lobby of the Omni Nashville Hotel, 5th Avenue, downtown Music City. Jacob the Electrician is on the air saluting the brave men and women of our U.S. military. Their tireless efforts shall never go unnoticed. This proud salute is brought to you by Jacob the Electrician, providing quality service and pride. Give Jacob the Electrician a call today at 615-582-3452. That's 615-582-3542. Jacob the Electrician, on the air saluting our troops and veterans. They're professionals who care. It's the Afternoon Stretch with Zach Williams and Bruno Reagan. I'm not saying like Derrick Henry is going to be bad. I just don't think he's going to be able to tote the rock 330 times in a season. This did lose a half step. He was getting caught in that second level. And you saw the fumbling. That's what their plan is. We're just going to go in again on Derrick Henry and figure this out. It just seems like the definition of insanity to me. The Afternoon Stretch. Afternoon Stretch with Zach Williams and Bruno Reagan. <laughs> You're listening live from the Strike and Spare Studios, downtown Music City. It's the McFarland Show. Thank you, big voice guy. Back here on the McFarland Show, Darren and Justin here with you. We're live, Strike and Spare Family Fun Center Studio. By the way, you can watch us live every day, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We try to dress up for you, shower, sometimes shave. We try. Yeah, man. Um, Before we get to our next guest. Mm Mm-hmm. The worst-kept secret in hockey has finally been made official. Patrick Kane has been shipped to the Rangers. So mm-hmm. he is out of the Preds division and now in the Eastern Conference. But like I said, I feel like that trade has happened five days in a row. Yeah. But now it's it's official. A lot of people were convinced, like, oh, it happened yesterday. Didn't know. No, no. Actually, not yet. Not yet. All right, let's bring in Sean Henry, president and CEO of the Nashville Predators. It has been uh, quite a 24-hour period for them. They'll back on the ice to close out the month of February tonight at Bridgestone Arena, hosting the Pittsburgh Penguins. Boo. <laughs> Sean, what's going on? Not much, man. Pretty quiet weekend for us. Yeah. How about you guys? Mm, man. I saw you were feeding grapes <laughs> to Barry Trotz. Was that in your kitchen or was that 
David's Kitchen. Where was that? Can't tell you. Oh wow! Now that wow. was uh, that was in, we were using David's uh, Kitchen as uh, a meeting place for the past I don't know eight weeks or so. Yeah, uh, it's great. You know, you roll in and David has fruit waiting for you. Always has chocolate. Uh, always has good waters. But you know what he doesn't have? He's not a coffee guy, and I am. Oh. So uh, yeah, there's no coffee in the house. So we got to work on that. Hopefully, oh, Barry's a better man. barista than uh, David <laughs> Barrister. I, I think he is. I think he is. He's uh, a coffee guy. Through yeah, I think he's is. a coffee. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Coaches are are coffee guys. And so, with, with that being said, Sean. So just I'm trying to do the timeline. How? What was your window here? With Barry as the head coach, what about two to three years? Is that right? Uh, I think four years. Four so years, in, okay. Uh, Twenty ten, so we made the playoffs in ten and eleven. We missed them in twelve and thirteen, and yeah, so four seasons, I think. So Five four seasons. seasons. So how yeah. how much did you tr- truly get to know Barry? You know, you were just a, you know you were coming here from Tampa, and four years is a long time. I get it, but like, how close were you able to get to Barry at that time when he was the coach? Well, Barry's one of those guys that you become his, you walk away from him like as his best friend. Yeah. You think, right? I mean, he he ingratiates himself with you so quickly, and uh, his wife was so involved in so many different organizations that me and my wife were a part of, and then she was on our foundation board. You know, so I got to know them you know pretty well. Uh, we have a lot of mutual friends as well, and then my wife served on uh, the best buddies like special events board or, or something. So yeah, we got to know him really really well. And then you know, we spent a lot of time together over the past, whatever, eight or nine years with stops in D.C., coming back here and us going there and, and the island. Um, and we probably used to talk, I don't know, two or three times a year. Um, but he, he's just a special man. Like, whether he worked with him for one game or four years or for almost 40 years like David, um, you get close to him pretty quickly because he makes it a point to get close to people and get to know them and make you feel special. He really does, and that's why he's so successful on the ice and he's so successful in every every facet of his life no doubt about it so what what was yesterday and what's this whole experience been like for you personally you know what um i've always said this working with david has been the best part of my career you know i've been there 13 years and been part of a lot of you know really fun organizations good organizations some incredible gms over the time and some not so incredible you know so i have a pretty good yardstick of how to measure them but I had to throw that yardstick away. Um, I always wanted to work with David, you know, for 10, 15 years before I got here. You'd see him at meetings. You'd see how the room revolved around him. Um, I mean, being around David is incredible because he loves our game so much. I mean, he just loves the game, and he wants to caretake the game. And then that translates to our team, but the game first. And, um, you know, it's fun working with someone like that. But just in true Poyle fashion, I mean, Poyles are planners, you know, three, four, maybe even five years ago, it was, all right, what should the succession look like? What do we need to do as an organization to be ready for, for David to retire? And, you know, there's a lot of investments that we made. And, you know, at the time we had one AGM, that was Paul Fenton. And uh, when he got promoted and became a GM in Minnesota, it was, all right, let's look at our, our roster of young guys that we have. And, you know, now we have three AGMs, all will be GMs. We looked at our scouting department, added to that, by, I don't know, four or five different you know people, changed out a few guys that retired, um, a complete investment in data analytics, but not all at once. It's, it's another body every year. It's another set of software. It's another way to look at things. Our video coaching is the model for the league or was, and we improved upon that. And we have repetition for what we do here down in Milwaukee, strength and conditioning, 
one of the few teams with multiple full-time strength and conditioning guys in your minor league system. You know, our mental health is as important as a physical health. So we went out and hired, you know, full-time our employees, you know, doctors in that space as well. So it's just I, just, I can go right on down the list mm-hmm. of, you know, probably an extra 20, 25 different bodies, uh, millions of dollars of software and equipment and, and systems. And uh, it was, you know, probably, I don't know, mid-season last year into the draft window where it's like, you know, I, I just feel comfortable that, you know, next year could and should be it. And then you start talking, okay, well, what does our search look like? We've talked about quite a bit. You saw a few other searches happening at the same time. Some things you liked what they did. Some things you probably want to do differently, maybe different time of year, maybe start in November or January, or you wait till the end of the season. And then, um, you know, a guy that we've long admired, and David always said Barry Trotz would make a great GM if he ever stopped coaching. It's just something we always talked about because he would. He's done it all in our, in our game. And Barry literally passed every job up this summer. He was offered every single job that was open. I think he was offered a few jobs that weren't open um, <laughs> in great candor. And you were talking about, I mean, an amazing amount of money, an amazing amount of control and the type of teams he could have gone to. So every time he passed on an opportunity, you know, we look at each other or call each other and say, my gosh, what if he doesn't coach? And you know, that quickly turned into Thanksgiving, you know, 1st of December. And it was around that time, around the holidays, give or take, that um, you know, Barry literally reached out to David and said, I want to throw my hat in the ring. And, I mean, David called me up, and to say he was giddy would probably be a slight exaggeration, but he was pretty giddy. <laughs> and it was, all right, you know, he got a hold of Lou Lamarillo with the Islanders, who's just another guy like David, who loves the game, loves the people, loves seeing people move on and do well. And, of course, he granted us permission. And then we started doing interviews, you know, with, uh, you know, Bill Haslam was part of it, Herb Fritz was part of it, I was part of it. And we each probably met with him alone two or three times, met with him, uh, as a group, two or three times, met with, a, with two of us or three of us a few different times, and it was natural. Like, there was no negotiation. It was, this should happen after we all talked to him and you realize how good he's going to be in this role, just like he was in the other. So that's kind of the time shell or timeline as best as I recall it. And I'll deny any facts that are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to go to something you just said that I was drawn to. What you said, David always thought Barry would be a good GM. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the first thing, I talk to a lot of the fans, social media, whatever, feedback, you get lots of feedback. First thing I'm going to say is, you know, a lot of the feedback already is great, but but how how do we know if Barry's going to be a good GM? So I'm really drawn to why David felt that compelled for a guy that's been a coach his whole life, why he would be a great GM. Well, a couple of things. I mean, someone had to eat the clam first. Someone had to drink from a cow to get milk, right? Mm-hmm. So first things happen from time to time, and it makes me laugh. Everyone's like, well, how do we know? Well, you know, Scotty Bowman wasn't a head coach until he was, and yeah. he was a great one. Um, but Barry was not always a coach. You know, uh, Barry was a scout, you know, for a long time. Um, got promoted twice in, in the Capitals organization when David was the GM. You know, he got cut as a player, went and became a college coach. He was younger than his, most of the guys on the team. And then um, he was offered a scouting position, I think a part-time position initially with uh, Washington and got promoted to a full-time scout. Then he got offered the job out in Vancouver as the full uh, overseeing Western Canada you know, for them and then came back to the East Coast as an assistant coach 
for Baltimore, and then the head coach in Baltimore, then they moved to, to Maine, um, won a championship there. When David came here, he hired him a year earlier to be our pro scout and our eventual head coach. So our pro scouts were Paul Gardner, Barry Trotz, and David Poyle. Crazy. And they're the ones that kind of put it all together. And the way David involves you know, people in the organization, he wasn't just a coach. He was in every draft planning meeting, every free agent meeting, every you know, planning session, pro scouts, amateur scouts, all those meetings um, was involved all summer long, you know, as opposed to you know, going back to a cottage and, and, and playing golf. And uh, when, when he moved on and went to Washington, he had a first-year GM that hired him. So if you talk to Todd, he would tell you he relied on Barry for so many things and how camp was organized, what do you do with you know, rookie camp, prospect camp, you know, things that normally a coach doesn't get involved in. And then uh, when he left there and went to New York, he got a chance to work with Lou Lamarillo, one of the very, very best at that position ever as a GM. So you get a chance to see people, learn from people, see what you want to do, what you don't want to do. Um, and like all of us, that's how you're trained. I mean, your, your first show when you flipped on the air it wasn't just you went in cold. You were prepared for it. You were ready for it. You had to learn a lot more. But you also probably watched some other people and how they did it. And you took advantage of every small opportunity to get you a little bit more ready. I would not, a, a lot I would of credit want, there, Sean. Yeah, I would not want to listen to that first tape. I would never want to <laughs> listen to that first A lot of credit show. there, sir. whole lot of credit. And we'll appreciate it. We'll take it. That's exactly what happened there, sir. Exactly. You know what I learned, Sean, yesterday? If David does want to do something, by the way, we're speaking with Sean Henry, president and CEO of the Preds, at Predsident, get it, on Twitter. Give him a follow. He's a fun follow. He loves your your feedback, too. He loves your questions. Reach out to I him. I do. I do. I know. You're, you're, hey, you're, visible. you're a visible guy, man. You're not closed-door dude. That is true. Um, I learned that if David wants to do something outside of hockey ever, which is all he's done his whole life, he should maybe be in like a rom com, you know. He's, it's he's a romantic guy. He's he had he was making us laugh. He had jokes. He should be in a rom com. You know, you sound like a movie critic on David Poyle's life. He made me laugh, made me cry, <laughs> made me feel. Right? But it's true. I mean, he really is. He's kind of a Renaissance guy. I mean, he has a lot of uh, passions. Uh, we've gotten to see him really bring two to life to date, and that's uh, this team and, and his family. So uh, it, it was it was really nice to to be able to celebrate David yesterday and see all those things come out in him that maybe not, you know, the normal fan doesn't get to see every day. You know, you know him a little bit better, so you know his relationship with his wife and his kids and his grandkids and, and really everyone in the organization. I mean, he's a, he's a special man. Sean, reading an article here from the Associated Press, and it's dated April the 14th of 2014. That was the day that the Nashville Predators let go of Barry Trotz as the head coach. Fourth paragraph down, it says Trot's contract was set to expire on June 30th. The Predators offered him a job in their hockey operations department. I know it was nine years ago. Do you remember doing that? And if so, what path was that putting Mr. Trotz on at that particular time? Well, it was we weren't sure what he wanted to do. You know, we were, we were going to replace him as a coach. His contract was up, but he did so many things for Nashville for Smashville for this organization that it was well let's keep him on if he wants to stay on in a different role in a management role let's just keep him here you know if, if he chooses not to coach or if he doesn't get the job he wants right away and we were one happy for him that he got the job he did in, in Washington but if it went another two months or three months or six months or two years we would have been better off as an organization that's how highly we all thought of him as a front office person in hockey operations 
it was nine years ago that he had a contract for it. Uh, but his passion at the time was to coach still. And, I, and I'm glad he kept coaching because he went from being the most successful um, expansion coach in the history of the game to one of the greatest coaches in the history of the game. I think he's third all-time in wins, has a cup. You know, look what he did with the Islanders after they lost their star player, put him in the conference finals two or three times. I mean, Barry's an exceptional coach. I'm just so glad that he wants to try something different now because it means we get to work with him again. All right. All right, Sean, I want to talk to you about a couple things away from the from the GM situation here. Um, I have this theory, and you can tell me how right or wrong I am about this, that you and the Tennessee Titans, the Predators, when I say you, not you personally, Sean, uh, but the, the National Predators and the Tennessee Titans have a, a great relationship, but it's also a a quiet rivalry as well as both of you have talked openly about winning a championship. And I would guess, Sean Henry, that you wouldn't be mad if the Predators were able to get the cup here before the Titans were able to get the Lombardi here. How closely do you guys watch each other? How is that relationship being that you guys are the two bigger franchises in town when it comes to fan base and attention? So there is no rivalry. I'm, I'm probably the biggest Titans fan you, you know. Um, I someday I hope to see the Giants play the Titans Super Bowl, and then maybe I'll have a tough choice who to root for. Um, but when they're playing well, it helps us. When we're playing well, it helps them. When Nashville FC is playing well, it helps it helps both of us. I, I really am that rising tide guy, and I'll tell you right now. Of course, I want to win a Stanley Cup before they win one or Nashville FC does, because ours is next. But if we don't win it this June, I really hope Nashville FC wins the first championship because theirs is next. If they don't win it, I really hope the Titans bring home um, the uh, Parcells Trophy or what's it called again? <laughs> the Parcells it's the Lim- Trophy. It's the Lombardi. Uh, Vince, Vince Lombardi. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, okay, I, I get confused between great coaches. Um, but you know, if, if they don't win in January, then I go recycle it. So whoever's up next, that's why I want to win. But we all want the same thing. We all want to win. But you know, Ian with soccer and and Burke and myself, we enjoy a really nice relationship, and you know, we can call each other. Um, from time to time for favors, to pick each other's brains. You know, it's a pretty easy job we all have, but it, really only the three of us can talk to each other about it. But uh, I run into Burke everywhere. We were at the CPA Father Ryan basketball game the other night. Father Ryan won, fortunately. He was not as happy. Um, <laughs> I run into him at the dump all the time. <laughs> the dump is the center point from both our houses, grocery store. Same thing, Ian lived across the street from me. I mean, the three of us, you know, we, we really are, you know, we're, we're friends. Uh, I don't see each other a whole lot because we work so much, but, you know, I go to a handful of Titans games a year. Burke comes over here quite a bit. Ian does too. And I missed soccer this past weekend, but uh, I'll be there a few times. I will confess on Memorial Day I'll be going to the game, but I'm going to be rooting for the Columbus crew over our Nashville SC. Wow. All right. My, my son works for them. So. Oh, okay. I was going to say, family what's first. your what's your allegiance there? Let him get to the let him get to the punchline. Okay. Yeah. Family first. <laughs> family first. Very good. Yeah. Uh, I know you guys made some changes as far as uh, the concessions and food. You guys had a big rollout. How has that gone? You know, both both good and bad here. Come on, Sean. Is was everything a hit, or was there a couple things you don't have to name it? But it's like you know, maybe we don't want to maybe we want to roll with that next year uh, as far as the food is concerned. Well, if you don't roll out. A menu item that is a stinker every year it just means you're not rolling out enough new ones. <laughs> I'd say with everything. So now this was a fun year because it was the first kind of normal off season going into a season without any protocols, without you know having to change everything we do every single day. 
so we kind of recommitted to what we always do, and that's you know make a lot of investments every month. There's something new, and uh, one of the you know better things that we just did this year is you know you can order from your seat on your phone and go pick up your food anywhere in the building, so you never have to wait in line. Hmm. Uh, we have the just walk out stands. You know, that, you know we work close with Amazon on the technology. So you have two concession stands that you just walk in, wave your hand over a a reader, walk in, grab anything you want, and you walk right out, and it automatically charges your credit card, and that's a great set of technology, but we can't have season ticket holder discounts in that technology yet. So that's one of those ones where we have some work to do to work those kinks out because the technology is incredible. I can see us having four or five more of those coming up, um, but there are so many new things. My favorite thing in the whole building, if you haven't seen it yet, is, and I don't like the item myself, but the cotton candy robot. It makes hmm. the most beautiful pieces of art I've ever seen in my life. So, you know, Darren, I know your son's getting a little old for cotton candy, but none of us are too old. Next time he's at a game, you'll throw a few dollars in that. And what section is that, John? I'm, people, I'm going to look for the that. The people Where is who that? are watching right now and Justin seeing me shaking my head, I'm sitting there as you said that, Sean, going, how did I escape that this season when Maddox was in tow? I have no clue how we missed that. Where, where yeah, is Maddox, that, Sean? Grab, grab your dad's credit card, Maddox. They are all over the building. I think we have, uh, yeah, we have two on the 100 level and – and uh, two on the upper concourse, and literally we move them around every fifth event or so just to keep it moving and keep things fun, and that's part of what we do. You don't want the building to look like wallpaper that you get used to. You want to change things up, move some things around, move some menu items around. You know, where do you give your giveaways around? You want people wandering the building and not just, you know, going the same way you always do. You know what one place we cannot escape ever when he goes? It's the stand that's got the – the Doritos and the mm. chicken and the queso in the bag. Walking tacos. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. He will – I mean, I'm like, dude, the game has started. We, he, he, he has got to have that, Sean. He, we you cannot escape that one. Like your son's age, he's probably a walking garbage disposal right <laughs> yes, now, right? He he's 9,000 calories a game. It doesn't matter. He can go from walking taco to cotton candy to ice cream to a pretzel to a steak. And not get filled up. It's no. so funny you said that because the last game we went to, I think it was it was the Vegas game. I, it was just me and him. It was the first time me and him have ever been to a game together, just the two of us. It was coming right out of the break. And the guy asked me, do you want one too? And I said, no, absolutely not. <laughs> and I good. said, don't take that as an insult. Like, I would love to chow on one of these things, but, man, I'd have to walk home. Like, there's no way at my age <laughs> I'm eating that. So we laughed about it. It's not going to make it. Yeah, not going to make it. Yeah, Sean, last but not least, I wanted to ask you about a very ambitious project you took on a couple of years ago, and that is trying to bring hockey to Tennessee State University. I was actually somewhere, and I saw a TSU hockey jersey for sale in some store I was in. Uh, I took a picture of it. I was like, I wasn't in a position to buy at that particular moment. But I know you've been talking about it. You guys organized a fundraiser. Where are you guys on, on trying to get that going? By the way, the TSU band was there that night for that Vegas game, being yeah. honored after the after the, the Grammy, Grammy wins. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, yeah. So we, we try to partner with every college in in the community. Um, tonight might even be Auburn night. I, I forget what it is. Uh, Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky. Kentucky Auburn is next week. Sorry, yeah. Darren. I know near and dear that is to your heart. Um, <laughs> but TSU is special because uh, right before the pandemic started, they came to us to ask us to you know raise a million dollars for them to keep kids in college that are leaving over four five six seven hundred dollars and we oh, jumped yeah. at it on one condition we said we'll do this only if we can continue to work together on bigger things we want your interns we want to tap into your talent pool we we want you know tsu alumni to 
sit in my chair, you know, someday. And they absolutely they jumped all over it. They're so energetic to work with. And then uh, Dr. Allen Glover came to us and said, what do you guys think about starting a, a you know, Division One men and women's ice hockey program? We'd be the first ever HBCU to do so. And the answer is yes. You know, how do we do it? And our league was so dedicated to it. They jumped all over it. They spent you know, a fair amount of money on doing a lot of feasibility studies. What would it really cost? What do we have to do from a facility standpoint? At the same time, Parallel Paths, their athletic department and college as a whole are doing feasibility studies on what investments do they need you know, for the football stadium, the track field, what else is needed to move them forward mm-hmm. in different aspects. So it's not only going to be hockey. How do we approach it together to make TSU – um, the envy of the sports world, as they were, really, when Ed Temple did the impossible and built a program out of scratch and literally built the track by hand himself. When he started that, people said it couldn't be done. When we said we were going to do this together, people said it couldn't be done. And uh, I just I can't wait for it to get done. It won't be this year. It won't be next year. But we're going to take steps each and every year. And ideally, you know, two or three, four or five years from now, we're all sitting in a facility watching TSU play hockey. Yeah, and P.K. Subban will be their first coach. There you go. You just heard it here first. Well, Eddie funny, George will be the football small, coach. P.K. Yeah. will be the hockey coach. You never know. Small world. A young man that used to teach our youth hockey in, in Tampa, um, his mother is Dr. Glover's mentor. Uh, I think from Spielman College. Um, she was the president there. And he was the first guy to reach out. He said, I'm the coach. I want the job now. And he's a coach right now up in Minnesota. Okay. So it is funny how you garner some attention quickly from, uh, you know, all points across the country because I think we can pull a lot of people together to make this happen. Um, This is a lot bigger than just Nashville or TSU or the state of Tennessee. A lot of people want to see this happen. And if we're successful in doing it, it'll be one of the bigger things to ever happen to hockey. It's it's a very ambitious thing to even take on sean so good luck with that we'll see how that goes yeah well, thank you you're part of it now <laughs> <laughs> last thing sean uh as we wrap this up did, did, did bill wicked have pictures you know on the lightning like i, I like tanner Janelle and i hated to see him go but i mean uh, they kind of you know that that hall was pretty amazing hall man, for tanner Janelle. it has the hockey world uh buzzing yeah, I'll tell you, every time you trade a player, you want to be sad about it. You know, you want your fans to be sad about it because it just means they connected with with the everyone in the building, all the fan base. Um, and if someone else wants it, it means they're also doing something right on the ice. And that's what Tanner was. I mean, he's just such a wonderful player for us. Um, but, yeah, what we got back, you know, from, from Tampa, we were pretty pleased with, obviously. Um, when you look at what other people are saying, they're pretty pleased with it, too. So it's always hard to lose a player like that. Um, it's the worst part of our game. You know, you get to know uh, these guys and their families, and they get attachments to different organizations and the fans. And unfortunately, it's it's what pushes you forward. So yeah, we, we were pretty pleased with it. But it was fun watching Bill's phone, and uh, we just, our new vice president of marketing came from Tampa as well. The two of them were getting beat up by a lot of people. Um, on one hand, on the other, they were getting a lot of texts and emails saying, "Oh my gosh, we love this guy. He's going to be great for us, yeah. and he will be. I mean, he's going to shine there, and that's what you want." You want every player that used to have to do really well in a new setting. And it's funny, like, when every time he scores, some fan will text me. He's like, why'd you get rid of him? Or Eli told him when he scores, hey, dummy, why'd you get rid of him? It's like, you want him to do well, period. And uh, I think it's the most fun part about what we all do. You get to see young men excel, ideally here, but if not here in other places. No doubt. Sean, appreciate the visit. It'll be a fun night tonight to close out 
the month of February, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks for doing yeah, this. Yeah, I'll see, I'll see you guys in front of the walking taco stand as we go over to the cotton candy robot. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Yep. All right, Sean. Thank you, Sean Henry, <laughs> president and CEO of the Preds. I'm telling you, it's he. And by the way, that was a good way to describe my son. He is a garbage disposal a walking right now garbage at disposal. 11 years old yeah. yeah all right we'll take a break come back 615-844-5600 wide open the rest of the hour more of the mcfarland show next welcome to smashville home of your nashville predators join us at bridgestone arena tuesday february 21st for college night with the university of alabama as your nashville predators take on the vancouver canucks purchase your college night tickets today at nashvillepredators.com slash college nights that's nashvillepredators.com slash college nights for a preds and alabama co-branded hats and don't miss february 28th as your nashville predators take on the pittsburgh penguins secure tickets at nashvillepredators.com slash tickets let's go preds Hey, you know it's a leap year, right? No, the next leap year isn't until 2024. Nope, it's this year. I can prove it. Here, play this new instant game from the Tennessee Lottery. Uh, okay. <laughs> Woohoo! I won! See what you did there? I jumped up and down? No, that was a leap. Don't miss your chance to jump for joy this February with our newest instant games. You could win up to $5 million. The Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. And now, some big news from WINN. The new February instant games from the Tennessee Lottery have arrived. Now, for some bigger news, there are four new exciting games to choose from. And now, for our biggest news yet... You could win a top prize of $5 million. Make a break for fun today with February Instant Games, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control of your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank accounts, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problem now by calling the experts at U.S. Tax Shield and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new law that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. U.S. Tax Shield offers a price protection guaranteed quote to get you protected today. U.S. Tax Shield is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, so call now. 800-785-9132. That's 800-785-9132. U.S. Tax Shield. 800-785-9132. With 13 locations nationally, including Smyrna, Star Leasing Company is a semi-trailer one-stop shop and the perfect place to build a career as a semi-trailer mechanic. Seeking candidates with all levels of experience, Star Leasing Company has a semi-trailer technician trainee program with sign-on and quarterly bonuses and other opportunities such as $1,000 for having a yearly physical. The package also includes 401k with company match, health, dental, and vision insurance, competitive pay with weekly paychecks, and paid holidays and time off. Star Leasing Company, not your typical semi-trailer leasing company. It's StarLeasing.com to learn more. Your exclusive national sports radio, WNSR, Sky Scan Forecast. Today's going to be sunny with a high of 72. It'll be partly cloudy tonight, low 52. Wednesday, sunny to partly cloudy with a stray afternoon shower and thunderstorm. Temperatures near 80. Utilizing the resources of the Motherbug Network on National Sports Radio, I'm WNSR's meteorologist, Jim Rinaldi. Sports Radio, WNSR. 
You know, it's never too late to start feeling some March Madness. Be sure not to miss out on all the action. The High Valley Conference Basketball Championship presented by United Fidelity Bank as they return to Ford Center in downtown Evansville from March 1st through the 4th as the first week of entries into the NCAA basketball tournaments are crowned. All session tickets and single game tickets are on sale through each OVC school ticket office, Ticketmaster.com, and the Ford Center box office. Visit ovcsports.com forward slash Evansville for more details and be there to OVC it in person. The McFarland Show. Video streaming live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube from the Strike and Spare Studio. Well, well, it is trade week. Did you hear me when I said that? This thing's really low. Yeah, no, I heard you loud and clear. You're on, Darren. You're on. Okay, I just found my... Yeah, you got to find your... You know, yeah, I have to adjust. Darren, switch headphones. Because I was like, oh, I can't hear... Yeah. I don't, no, I don't I know if you. I'm on or not. No, you got to do your thing. Right. I got you. Take two. Ready? Action. Minnesota Wild have acquired Marcus Johansson from the Capitals. So okay. it is trade week. All right. The deadline is Friday All right. for the NHL, so still active. We told you Patrick Kane, that deal is a done deal. Finally. To the Rangers. The Rangers have traded for Tarasenko and Patrick Kane. Okay. Two players out of the Predators division. Mm. Two huge names in the sport. So we'll see. Um, the, the Eastern Conference, by the way, is just – Stupid. I mean, they got to do something. Stupid. If you're going to deal with Boston, you got to do something. Well, I know, but everybody, that's honestly for the more, you know, if there's I mean, more work to be done. For the Rangers, I mean, that's that's where it's at. It, it's Boston. They got to do something. Well, you've seen the Lightning. So the Rangers have been very active. The Lightning obviously traded for Tanner Janot. It's like right now, all the moves are in the Eastern Conference. And you wonder who else? Is Carolina going to be active? Uh, well, Pittsburgh going to do anything? If, if they want to, if they want to take a run at Boston, they're gonna, they may have to do something more than what they're doing now. Yeah. I mean, anybody who wants to take a run at Boston, it's clear at this point that whatever you've been doing isn't working. <laughs> isn't working against Boston. So if you really want to take a shot at them in the playoffs to take them down, it will behoove you to start, you know, making some moves to better your roster. Uh, if not, you know, you're going to be looking at, you know, 4-1, you know, 4-0 uh, real fast in, in the upcoming playoffs. By the way, the Pittsburgh is right there just in. Yeah, they're just in the bottom. So they're, the point is they're, they're the longest-running team of going to the playoffs consecutively yes. in the league. Mm-hmm. So that's in danger this year. I mean, I know they're currently oh, sure. in, but, yeah. you know, there's what? They've got 23 games left. So, we'll see. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Now, let's go to the phone lines. Let's go to Nate. Nate, you're up first. Welcome in. What's up, guys? Um, I, I, it's always in my mind yesterday because of the um, GM news with Preds. Doesn't Tampa have a good amount of physical players? Like my, And the reason I say this is because they trade this with Geno, and he's known for his physicality. Boy, I thought Tampa was pretty, you know, well versed in the physical part. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they got a whole lot of skill, as we know. I mean, you know, Victor Edmonds, like you know, seven foot eight as a defenseman, so he doesn't take any crap. I mean, they got guys on there that don't take any crap, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put them if I was, you know, give me some 
physical teams in the league. I mean, I, I it'd be a bit before I got to Tampa. I'm not saying that they're soft, but, I mean, I, I wouldn't put them like, oh, why would they want another – you know, guy that brings some physicality to the table. I, I don't I wouldn't put Tampa in that category. I mean they they're about, you know, speed and skill. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean I know they have a lot of speed and skill. I for some reason I just thought they had a good amount of physicality too. Um with the Preds I'm gonna call it a quote unquote trading with the Flyers. What are we doing still using these future considerations time. I mean, can we not just say, hey, the Flyers are giving Nashville this player? Because how often do future considerations actually come about? It's a decent question. What do future consideration for those of you who can't quite pick up Nate, future considerations, what do future considerations end up turning into, uh, you know, after the future is considered? <laughs> That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> why, why do we, why do we keep still using this term? Do we really hear all that often in the future about a team going back and paying this X team for the player they got or for draft picks they got? Because it's, future considerations just seems like a fancy way of saying here's a player go away. Well. Because it is. <laughs> I mean, it is. And they're just well, – the, it's not really meant to – it's not – obviously it's not a splash item. It's just that they will get something in the future. They need to hash out what that is. And more than likely, you know, it will probably be just a, a body that they'll throw in the AHL or whatever. And, you know, because, by the way, you do have to fill the roster there. And with a lot of teams and, yeah. like, what the Predators are doing right now, they're going to start pulling, you know – Evangelista is going to play tonight. So, you know, he's going to be in the lineup. And so you start pulling from your pipeline. Well, mm-hmm. you do have to replenish. They mm-hmm. they have to fill the roster. And so that's what happens yeah. a lot of times. And quickly, about the about National SC, I really don't see myself going to a National SC game unless I'm going with someone who is going to – basically drive me and I know where I'm going to be parking and how long the walk might be. This parking situation with Nashville SC just continues to baffle me. Like how is, when are they going to get it figured out? I know it's a, I know it's a great question. I mean, it shouldn't be baffling. They never had a parking plan to begin with. Yeah. So, I mean, it's true. I mean, that, that really is the unfortunate truth to your question is, I mean, I've, we've gone to enough games now and it's, it sucks. I mean, I just be honest. I mean, there's no easy solution. Now, we've tried a bunch of different ways to skin the parking cat, and all of them, you better have your walking shoes on because you're going to be trucking up and down hills. That's another thing because it's yeah. built up on a hill. So you're going to be, you know, going up and down. And it's just, I, I it is odd to build the largest soccer only stadium in North America. And you don't have a parking garage. Wow. Well, not only that, it's not even close to like downtown where you could park in all these different structures and potentially on the street if you can find the little parking that's left on the street. And I mean, yeah, they have neighbors who are, I guess you could say, nice enough to allow fans to park in there 
front yards for a price, and I've seen that the price is pretty up there. So I, I don't know. I just, like I said, I just don't see myself going to a game until I have a better understanding of parking. I don't want my car to get towed or broken into if I'm parking somewhere that I don't really know. I haven't heard of any of that, but I'm not also going to pretend that I know for sure. I think if it was a huge issue, uh, probably Justin will be reporting in, on it in the mornings on Fox 17. And we do, and we have, and okay. it is. So it, so it is a huge oh, yeah, oh, boy, we've done multiple stories, yeah, without about question. the break-ins during games? Oh, you mean by break-ins. I'm sorry. I missed that part. I thought you were just talking about the parking no, issue, No, I'm talking period. about parking. Talking about the crime in Everybody's just parking in neighborhoods or uh, the crime. Ga- okay. gas stations that are closed or uh, you know, businesses that oh, are yeah. closed. People that are parking wherever. Wherever, right. Yeah. You're but, just, well, they built 5,000 parking spots for a 30,000-seat stadium. That's what they did. That's what, the math. Uh, you yes, talk about the ones they currently – like those gravel lots? Is that the ones you're talking about? Well – Yes, uh, because they also share those with the. I was um, to say they share. That's a shared thing. They share that with the uh, with the folks down at the fair at the fair not the fairgrounds but the uh, yeah the the people who sell the arts and crafts down there. Yeah. The, you know they they share it with them. Um, but you, know, you have so, to have a pass to get those. Yeah, you can't just pull in and hand somebody a twenty dollar bill and pull in and park. No, correct? no, you, that is correct. That is correct. Yeah. So yeah, you have to share that with them, and it's a special package and all that. Uh, from what I've heard, the best way to go to Nashville SC is to take an Uber and go. Um, it's because driving yourself right now is very difficult because of the limited space that they have. Now, whose fault is that? I could spend the next 20 minutes talking about that. But it was just a, a situation where they planned and they really wanted to put it in on this site. And they put it there despite the fact they didn't have a very good parking plan to go along with it. And they knew it at the time. They thought there were ways they could work around it. And if you talk to them, which we have over at Fox 17, Right now, they are convinced that once the construction is finished over there on some of the high rises and things like that that they're working on, that will free up more space for more parking. But right now, while they're building up over there with the neighborhood, it's just going to be limited for the time being. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> well, well, I didn't mean to leave everybody no, stunned. I mean, I mean, I'm just, you know. Here's the other part the whole Uber. I, I, if I'm pretty sure I've seen people getting dropped off and picked, like you're not that close. Unless I'm missing other areas, well, listen, you're, you're not getting close. Any closer than where you're having to park, I guess is what I'm getting at. As two men over the age of 40. They're not pulling up to the stadium and going, okay, here you are. Far has a difference. Devlin is a younger man. His definition of far for walk it's probably a little different than me and yours, Darren. I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing. You know, you know, he might be willing to hoof it a little bit further and then get there and say, oh, it wasn't that bad. Where you and me might hoof it and say, what in the world is that? We're never doing this again. So it depends on who you ask as far as how far the walk is. Well, Nate is a young. He is. Young demo. He's in his 20s. Yes. You're saying he should be Absolutely. able to. Young family. You know, he should. You should be able to. You're saying he should be able to just put on his. I'm not saying what he should be able to do. Do it. I'm just saying that his definition of far may be different than ours. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. 
I'm the one who's been to All games. Right, he well, hasn't. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go park at 100 Oaks next time and watch the stadium. <laughs> and let them know what happened. Well, you can. You can swing by the station too. You can wave at us. 100 Oaks. <laughs> yeah, it was a good afternoon, guys. You Thank too. you, Nate. Honestly, the when was it? Um, late last year. In fact, it may have been their last regular season game. Fam went, and we were gonna park here. And, and hoof it from here? Yeah, and I was like, we got here, and I was like, no. It's probably like 20, no. 25 minutes from here. Nah, we're not doing this. Yeah. Like, this was, no, this, this, that's not happening. No, that's, it's not safe. It would look like a good idea on paper. No. And then when we got here, I was like, no. You don't want to be walking down Nolensville after sunset. Nah. I, no, not if you don't have to. Nah, bad idea. Not for a long distance, anyway. All right, that's going to do it for hour number one. We'll come back. By the way, Steve Lehman in about 15 minutes. We'll talk. All things local with him. More of the McFarland Show next. ABC News, I'm Rena Roy. A new plan to forgive up to $20,000 in federal student loan debt at the center of arguments at the Supreme Court. Six Republican-led states trying to block the Biden administration relief program. ABC's Devin Dwyer says justices' questions offer some insight. It does seem like they're ready to take this up on the merits. Uh, and on that question, it's not looking good for the Biden administration. Though we heard from the Solicitor General a very, very vigorous argument. She was relentless defending this plan, the authority for this plan, and the need for this plan as students get crushed by student loan debt. A decision isn't expected until summer. More outreach in Ohio following the chemical train derailment earlier this month. The head of the EPA pledging his agency, along with the CDC and FEMA, will be there for the long haul to ensure the cleanup is done properly. President Biden is in Virginia, where he'll deliver remarks touting efforts and programs aimed at protecting health care access. This is ABC News. I'm Martin Hoke, the inventor of Navage Nasal Care, and I love Navage. I've told you about how your nose is the body's air filter, that Navage's powered suction will help flush out allergens, viruses, mucus, and germs, and that Navage will help you breathe better. But what do other people say about Navage? Like Josh, quote, After walking around my whole life being a mouth breather, I was excited to try Navage. I read the directions carefully, pressed the button, and oh my gosh, what a sensation. So much mucus, so much crud, but oh sweet, merciful air, I can finally breathe you through my nose. Never have I ever taken such an amazing breath in my life. This is a life changer, unquote. He's one of over 100,000 online reviews praising Navage, the all-natural solution trusted by over 3 million people to help you breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and stay healthier without drugs. Navage is available at Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, Target, Rite Aid, and online. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E, clean nose, healthy life. WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio. Nashville's first curling venue is here at T-Line Nashville. Come check out T-Line Nashville and experience the world's fastest growing winter sport today. Curling is a fun and simple sport that's a perfect outing for friends, corporate events, families, or parties. T-Line also has classic bowling and modern bowling mini games. With over 20 HD TVs, you can come watch your favorite teams and some of the best food and drinks here in Nashville in the large bar and grill area. They also have an outdoor area with a fire pit and you can't forget the live music. T-Line 
Nashville is a one-stop shop for a great night out. Located at 106 Duluth Avenue and online at tlinenash.com, you can book your party now or give them a call at 615-439-1024. That's 615-439-1024. And make sure you give them a follow on Instagram and Facebook at T-Line Nash for all the news, events, and updates. T-Line Nashville, Nashville's first curling venue is here. You can't handle the truth. It's about to go off. Live from the WNSR Strike and Spare Studios. Just a bit outside. Now back to the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. Drop me the money! Call now at 615-844-5600. Oh, why do you that? Now the McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin. Second hour on this Tuesday afternoon. Hope everybody's having a great day to this point. We are. Mm-hmm. Hour to go. About 10 minutes. We'll check in with Steve Lehman, News Channel 5. Darren and Justin here with you. Strike and Spare Family Fun Center Studio. Devlin is alongside for the ride. We have uh, Vandy Baseball again today, Devlin. Yep, 4-15. 4-15 pregame. First pitch at 4-30. So keep that in mind. Johnny tweets at us, the first round in the Eastern Conference is going to be a bloodbath, guys. Two of the four. (laughs) Okay. Tampa versus Toronto. New Jersey versus the Rangers. If that were to happen, two of those teams are going home in round one. It is true. That's why I told you that it stinks that the Preds are in this situation, right? Yeah. And look, they're, they're not out of it. Um but it's it's it stinks that they're not in a, they're not in a better state. I guess their roster, right? Yeah. Like they, this year they weren't loaded or well, I mean, I don't know. They weren't. However you view this team, they were playing better. Okay, uh, whether yes. you view it as underachieving or they just weren't good enough, whatever. Because the Western Conference is weak. It is yeah. weak compared to the East. It is weak. Yeah. I mean, the Eastern Conference, I agree with Johnny. It is going to be a bloodbath. Well, is that like mean? Only one of those teams is coming out, as we know, and there's a whole lot of teams deserving. So does this automatically mean, in your opinion, whoever comes out of the East is just going to be, or whoever comes out of the West in this case, is just going to be a speed bump <laughs> on the way to the Stanley Cup for whomever, well, presumably Boston, coming out of the East? I don't. That's the thing, though. You say Boston, and I get it, but they're all the best teams. So, as we talked about yesterday, you know, you would think, well, the way the Predators carved up everybody the year after the, you know, the 17, what was it, 17, 18 season? They all start running together. You would think, well, you know, but but guess what? Winnipeg was the second best team in the league. And so they had to meet in the second round. The point is, you start beating each other. You got all these good teams. But they weren't Boston good. They weren't on this historic pace like Boston's on. No, no. True. That is true. And and taking nothing away from that team. But they they weren't weren't 46-8-5 and with 23 games left. Yeah. No, I I understand. But there's so – 
every round. I mean, you know, what what's going to be the casualties from winning every round for right in the East, right? Oh, like you know, it's like a ground, the bodies. It's a grind, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying it's going to be murderers row all the way to the end. Yeah, because so, you, you know you got to win 12 games just to get to the finals here. Yeah, yeah. So, I yeah, I understand Boston will be the favorite, but I don't I don't know if they're coming out of the East. Who knows? Okay, I mean, there's a lot of good teams I, in the East. I don't. I mean. I think it's going to be crazy. Okay. I mean, I can see that. Carolina and, and, and Toronto, I'll tell you what. They've been waiting a long time in Toronto. Yeah, Toronto. I'll be, look, <laughs> it's. I hate to say this, and I hate to keep using this yeah. example. I know because it gets people mad. I get yeah. it. But it's, it's you know, they're, they're, Toronto's in Rick Barnes' territory, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, that's great. You're getting the playoffs. It's, yeah, but, it's, yeah. yeah, but, you you, you know, what t- Hey, let us know when you make your run in the playoffs. I mean, I'm looking it up because I, I don't remember the I last. I think the last time they were in the, the Stanley Cup, Cup final was, uh, here's my answer. I think it's 62. You look it up. I'm going to go with 1962. I'm looking it up here right now. I see the. The last time they were in the Stanley the Cup The last final. time they were in the finals. Yeah, I would say I'm going in the 60s. All right, so let's see. It gives all the Western Conference, the championships. When was the last time they were actually in the finals? Come on, you. Come on. This shouldn't be that hard to pull up now. So the uh, Maple Leafs here have been Now remember, this is a market that eats, breathes, sleeps, leaves hockey. They can't get enough of it. It's 24-7. It's it's Walmart, man. The, The door is never shut on conversations about that franchise yeah all the time all the time year round not just in season not year not, around not just and in it's season. been what 50 years it's been close to that let's see uh we're rolling back through the 60s here we are they won the stanley cup and that was it okay so their last stanley cup appearance would have been 67 1967 when they won the whole thing so they have not been able to get back to the finals since then. It's been conference semis and first rounds and um, – A whole lot of nothing. Yeah. Conference finals in 2002, and that's been it. That's the closest they've gotten. They got to the conference finals in 2002. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, it's been 1967. Been lean. It's been lean. Since they actually won. Think about that. The Stanley and Cup. a market that that's all. I mean, think about that. Oh yeah, that's got to feel. No, they're like, crazy now for them. Yeah. So you know, okay. To your to the what you said. Yeah, I just I'll have to see it. Yeah, well, <laughs> I won't believe it until I see it because I know what they do when they get to the playoffs. They they you know they exit early. Yeah. And they they lose their minds up in Toronto. They've had two World Series championships. And right, an in, NBA championships yes. in Toronto since the since the Leafs won. since the Leafs and by the way when the Leafs what about their soccer no, their well, MLS team when the Leafs won that cup in 1967 the other two franchises we just mentioned didn't even exist it didn't even exist there were no Toronto Blue Jays and there certainly weren't any Toronto Raptors and there wasn't an MLS team rolling either. around in 1967 has the MLS team won. I, yeah, I, can you imagine if it's I yes? Looked that up. I, I don't think so. I haven't heard that, but you know we can find out. Well, here. I know they've been good. Well, I, you know how I don't know if they've been they've been that good here. 
Um, <laughs> founded in 2005, they have not won a championship okay. that I've seen here. Well, they would officially be cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. They had an yeah. NBA championship, two World Series rings, and an MLS Cup. <laughs> yeah, well, let's see. And the uh, let's see, they are eight-time winners, the runners-up, and the. Uh, oh wait a minute! Did they win the cup in sixteen and nineteen? I think they did. They may have won I've, the cup I in sixteen you, and nineteen. I think they've been good. Okay, I'm not up on my MLS championship cup like that, but I believe they did win the whole thing in 2016 Gosh. and 19. You wanted to, you talking about that? That's pressure in that market. Oof, man. Oof, that's rough stuff. Those those franchises up there have been doing parades. <laughs> Except for you, they go out in the first round. Except for you. you, you've got nothing. You've been nowhere. You get nothing. Good day, sir. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. There they go. They beat the Seattle Sounders in the 2019. They sure did. Won the cup. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but Toronto it does FC. make me laugh. Toronto FC. I don't know how we got down that rabbit hole, but that's that's pretty funny. Yeah. So anyway, the the Kane deal is done. Patrick Kane to the Rangers. Marcus Johansson goes from the Capitals to the Wild. So the trade it's going to be a crazy week in the NHL. More trades to come for sure. We'll come back, switch gears, talk with Steve Lehman. In fact, he was there yesterday at the press conference on the floor of Bridgestone Arena. We'll talk to him next here on the McFarland Show, Nashville Sports Radio. Slim's Tender Mac Bowls are back. We start with a three-cheese blend to make our delicious mac and top it with chopped hand-breaded tenders and Colby Jack cheese. Try the Tender Mac Bowl meal or the Buffalo Tender Mac Bowl meal, both served with Texas toast and a medium drink. But hurry, they're only around for a limited time. Download the Slim Chickens app to order and earn rewards. Individual rates, coverage, offerings, and savings may vary. Subject to terms and conditions not available in all areas. Hey, small business owner, when's the last time you checked your workers' comp rate? For many small businesses, workers' comp insurance is one of their biggest costs. But some don't check their rate often. Did you know rates can vary? In fact, taking three minutes to check your rate with Pi Insurance could save you up to 30%. Just go to IWantPie.com, share a few details about your business, and get a quote that's customized for you with no hassle or hidden fees. We know you're busy, but spending just a few minutes to check your rate could save you money. Plus, when you sign up for pay-as-you-go billing, your premium is based on your actual payroll, not an estimate. So your workers' comp audit experience is simplified. See how much you could save with Pie Insurance. Ask your agent for pie or get a quote at IWantPie.com. That's IWantPie.com. I'm here at the Big Game Headquarters. Total Wine and More scoring huge savings on the perfect bourbon. Local craft beer. Forgetting something? Oh, yeah. Cabernet, seltzers, and so many low prices. Mm, Valentine's Day is right after. Whoa, new game plan. You got this. Total Wine can help you score the perfect bubbly, too. (sighs) Thank you. I would have been so... You sure would have. Your Big Game Headquarters. Love what you find always at the lowest price. Only at Total Wine and More. Drink responsibly. B21. Milk, eggs, 42 bucks. 
ma'am. You okay? Need bucks? With Jackson Hewitt, don't wait weeks for the IRS to send your tax refund. Come in now for up to $3,500 with a no-interest, no-fee refund advance loan when you file your taxes. That's up to $3,500 today. Don't let high prices get you down. When every dollar matters, it matters who does your taxes. So get to Jackson Hewitt today. For eligible clients, loans by Republic Bank and Trust Company. Details at jacksonhewitt.com. And now, Habit Inspected Property Solutions is reminding Americans to show support to the brave men and women who serve our U.S. military. This message is brought to you by veteran-owned and operated Habit Inspected Property Solutions. For residential home inspections, radon and air quality testing, or mold and thermal imaging, give the pros a call today at 615-527-8113. That's 615-527-8113. Habit Inspected Property Solutions. Proudly saluting our troops and veterans. They're professionals who care. It's a Bill King show. I just, I, if Nick coached another seven, eight years, I would not be shocked at all. I wouldn't be. Now, I'm not predicting it because I don't think you can predict that kind of thing. We don't know that. If he coached to 80, I would not be flabbergasted. Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM. Give us a call, 615-844-5600. The McFarland Show with Darren and Justin. Let's check in with Steve Lehman, News Channel 5. Steve, how you doing? Good, guys. How are you? Beautiful day out there. Man, it is fantastic, isn't it? We had a retractable roof here. We'd be we great. Would, yeah, it'd be open right now. It would. I, I will tell you I'm not at the pool this week, so, you know, you don't have to be too jealous. Yeah, it's been a little bit of a busy week, right? Probably no pool time this week. Yeah, no pool time this week. There's a lot going on. You were there yesterday. What were your thoughts? I I thought it was well done. I I think that it's great to see Barry Trotz back in Smashville. It sort of feels right for him to be there. I'm a big Barry Trotz fan. I'm certainly eager to watch him in this new role so I think all that's great. I, I think there's a lot to celebrate about David Poyle. I think the big question going forward is how prepared is Barry Trotz to step away from the bench and to be a manager in the National Hockey League as opposed to a coach? Because they're very different roles. You can be a smart hockey person, but maybe not step into that role immediately and feel like you have a great grasp on everything. I think that's one question. How prepared is he for it? And then number two with his experiences elsewhere and what he did in Washington and then what he did with the Islanders, does he come back with a little different philosophy or how much is he completely aligned? Because, and Darren, you would know this better than I do because you covered them from the beginning all the way through those 15 years. But my impression was that David Poyle and Barry Trotz were almost the same people in terms of what they viewed the Nashville Predators and how it needed to look on the ice. And that's why it was such a good marriage for such a long time at the beginning. But I think there's a lot of Predators fans out there right now that want to see something different. They want a little bit more juice. They want a little bit different style on the ice than what we've seen the last couple of years from the Predators. Is Barry Trotz enough different than what David Poyle has been doing or, or kind of building this team out to be? when he comes back now. I think that's the big question. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, and it'll be very interesting to see how all this plays out because it seems like Barry has been involved in these trades. What else will the Predators do? And, you know, we talked about this yesterday. 
and I'll ask you the same question, Steve. Like, what what do you think is you know what do you think John Hines is thinking right now? And then you know, with more moves possibly to come, you know, do you do you think Barry has a good idea of how he'll address that? I think you know that's going to be an end of the season thing. I think at this point, you know, nothing's going to nothing would happen you know, in the next week or so. I think this is going to be after the year is up. Do you think Barry knows today what he wants to do with the head coach position, or do you think he wants to wait and see all this play out, you know, get to know him, see, you know, what he's about, go to practices, go on go on some road trips, which he'll do? What, what do you think? My guess, Darren, is that he wants to watch this play out and see how it finishes. I mean, for one, the Predators aren't, completely out of no they're not i I would say i would say it's a long shot but look they've just won three games in a row if they win tonight and they go on this road trip and play well who knows where they might end up being and if they somehow find their way into the playoffs it's hard for me to imagine the predators walking away from john hines after a finish to the season like that so i i would think that he wants to come in and watch how things play out but at the same time i i just don't know john hines isn't his guy that's for sure. And so as he walks in, based off of what he sees, is it possible he makes a move? I certainly think that that's possible. But I imagine that is a decision that he will make once the season is over, once they start talking about the summer and the plans for next season, and not necessarily have made up in his mind right now. But it will be very interesting to see how much of a change comes this summer. And the other part of it, if I've got this correct, and I'm pretty sure I do, David Boyle is going to be there through the draft. And so as they have all these draft selections here in the Nashville draft this summer. David Boyle is still going to be in that room. Now, will Barry Trotz be right there too and maybe just as much pulling the lever as David Boyle will be on those final couple of days? That may be the case, but it's going to be interesting how much he gets involved before July 1st and that actual date that he officially becomes the general manager. Before we move on to the Titans, I will say this, Steve, and I feel this I, I, nothing's going to change. I, I'm, I'm just going to go on and say it now because I will feel this way at the end of June when the draft is here. I don't think there's any doubt. The draft being in this city, in that arena, it, they're going to make a splash. The, something big. There there will be a kaboom trade. I, I really feel like, I feel that will happen. They will make noise over those two days the draft is here, in my opinion. Uh- I think there's a great chance of that, and they're certainly compiling the assets to do it, right? I mean, they've got the picks. They've got 11 picks this summer. I mean, that's a bit of a splash right there in its own right. But can you package some of those together to move up and do something really special in the draft, perhaps? Now you've got two first-round picks in 2025. Can you move one of those and do something earlier in the draft this summer, perhaps? And that's the other thing. And Barry Trotz kind of hinted at this. I'm not sure if you were around yesterday when I talked to him about this, and I sort of said, Barry, as you look at it, as you've gotten more involved here in the last couple of weeks, how far do you think this team is away? And he said, it's not fair to answer that question right now. But the other thing he said is, it's a very fluid situation. And he pointed to the New York Rangers, who decided that they were going to rebuild, and then lo and behold, got the first and second pick in the draft, and the rebuild was over, you know. They were, they were basically right back in contention of things almost immediately after signing Panarin. And he said, things are fluid like that. And so whatever we decide, whatever direction it goes, I'm not going to put a timetable on it or a time frame 
because it's always different in, in terms of your circumstances and what comes your way. And, and while I believe that, I have to think you're right. With the timing of the draft this summer and finally the Predators looking like they're saying it is time to reboot the thing, maybe not a full rebuild. David Poyle still wants to say reset. But they're, they're rebooting the program here at the moment. And with the draft coming this summer, it certainly seems like a time they would want to make a splash. Yep. Uh, there'll be uh, people trying to make a splash for a week up in Indianapolis as the combines are underway. Uh, or at least today is a lot of talking. Uh, Mike Vrabel, I guess, is going to speak here this afternoon. He sp- He's already spoken. Did he, did he speak? Okay. Yep. So, Just started. Okay. So Mike Vrabel speaking. Uh, you had new GM, Rand Carthon, spoke earlier today, a couple hours ago. Uh, I think Tim Kelly. So all the coaches and new GM. What, what do you think the Titans uh, – look, there, there's a lot of things they have to address. But what do you think ultimately they're going up there this week to try to accomplish? I think a lot of things. I, I think they realize, and Mike Vrabel sort of said as much early on in his comments today, that there's a lot of positions they've got to address. and They've got to find better football players all around the roster. This isn't about one quarterback or, I'm going to try and quote him now, one running back. I don't think anybody thinks they're replacing Derrick Henry. But th- this isn't. This isn't about finding one guy to get you over at the top. This is a Titans team that lost their final seven games and didn't go to the playoffs, and they've got to fix a lot of things. They've got to fix the offensive line. They've got to find more weapons at wide receiver. They've got to address some positions on defense, especially if they decide to move away from Bud Dupree. There are issues that they've got to upgrade. And so I think they go up there with a very open mind, looking to try and find the best football players and the guys who fit what they want to do the best as they start moving into the offseason, which may help them in free agency when that starts in a couple of weeks in terms of what they're going to try and identify and pay for right now versus what they then think they can draft at the end of April. I think that's going to be very important for them here. And the emphasis seems to be clear. They want guys with speed. They want guys who are physical and they want guys who can do more than one thing. I think I, I think the goal for Mike Vrabel, at least, is to get away from the offensive system in which you have a running tight end or a pass-catching tight end or receivers that are particularly good at blocking in the physical part of the game but not necessarily an every-down catching wide receiver and vice versa. I think he believes that they've telegraphed with personnel too much in recent years, and they want to get themselves in a position where they can be more versatile regardless of the people on the field and the personnel that they're using. And so I think they go up there with a very open mind, just simply trying to find the best football players to sort of overhaul this roster and make them more competitive next year. What do you make of Rand Cawthorn's comments about Ryan Tannehill, that he is under contract and will be a Titan next year I, I believe him because of all the things i've told you guys for the last several several weeks maybe even months at this point is yes you could part ways with ryan Tannehill and you could save some money in that situation but what's your alternative what are you doing i mean are you bringing in Derek carr as a free agent and do you think that's somehow an upgrade and are you going to sign him for one year and reevaluate next year and if that's the case why don't you write out Tannehill's contract or are you going to draft a quarterback and sort of hinge the hopes of the future of the franchise on a rookie QB without 
satisfying your needs up front on the offensive line and what could be a completely new-looking offensive line next year. To me, it just screams that this team has so many other needs and holes that they've got to figure out that you have a quarterback there that's been pretty adept at dealing with a bad offensive line. He's shown himself to be pretty durable until he literally couldn't walk at the end of this season to go out there and get you through next season. And will he be great? Will he light the world on fire? I don't know. I don't know what's going to be around him or what's going to be in front of him. But I think he can get you through next season as you try to build this roster up. And if you do an exceptional job of building, I think he's a good enough quarterback to help you win the division and get you back to the playoffs. If you don't, then you realize sort of where you're at next year and you can finish the rebuilding process while making your decision about quarterback for the future. So when Rand Carthon says Ryan Tannehill's under contract and he will be a Titan, I believe him. Do you think they'll add another quarterback to the roster, the actual roster, or is it the Malik and Tannehill show one more time? I think there will definitely be another quarterback working with them in the offseason. Yeah, yeah, the the camp, sure, yeah. yeah, whether that's Josh Dobbs again, whether that's somebody out there, whether it's an undrafted free agent college quarterback, I don't know the answer to that. But I do think there will be some competition there. And I don't think it's an absolute given that Malik Willis is here hmm. next year. I, I just, I mean, he did nothing for me this past year that screams to me like he's a guy that can just flip the switch and be a totally different quarterback this year. And if that's the case, especially if you're worried about the offensive line and maybe the ability for Tannehill to get through 17 games, I don't know if the Titans want to be planning on having three or four games again next year, perhaps with Malik Willis having to be the starting quarterback. And so I think they'll be, I think the room will be crowded as they go into the summer and into fall camp. And I think there could be a, a competition but to me, the competition is probably for that second QB spot and not for number one. All right, Steve. It's clear that when it comes to the draft pick, if they stay at 11, the top two choices for me is either left tackle or wide receiver. I'm leaning towards wide receiver, and I'm going to stay with that unless something dramatic changes. What is the third position that could go number one for the Titans in this upcoming draft? First off, I think you're right, Justin. I think those are the two most likely options, and I would go with whoever is the best player on the board because too often this franchise in the last few years has taken first-round draft picks that I think are a bit of a flyer, whether it's medical issues in their past or you know just a total dud of a pick in Isaiah Wilson. I think you've got to find the guy that between the wide receiver and tackle position you are – absolutely positive is you're starting left tackle or number one or two wide receiver on day one next fall so I, I think it's likely that if I was going to go to another position I would probably say pass rusher and that mm. and that would be most likely contingent on a decision coming on Bud Dupree and Rand Carthon was non-committal there today he said that he's still evaluating and trying to figure it out and obviously he's got time because he can go till June 1st or even after with the Bud Dupree decision, and I think I've told you guys this before as well, with Dupree and his health, I think you can take all the time you want to try to make this decision because when Dupree was healthy and right, which maybe we've only seen sort of December of, of 21 into that playoff game against Cincinnati, he was a beast out there for the Titans. I mean, he was incredibly important and changed the dynamic of this defense. And if you think there's any shot, he can get back to that and be healthy next year, 
opposite a healthy Harold Landry, that's worth paying for. And that's worth keeping around. And I don't know if you can do better than that in the draft. But if you have real concerns, then there's reason to be concerned based off of what we saw last year, then it's probably not worth the price tag. And so, again, I I think Rand Carthon's wise to take his time there. But the ultimate decision there, especially if he can know it by the end of April, may lead him to to opt to go for a pass rusher if he likes what he sees there at that position. This time, a few years ago, we would all have been sitting around talking about a young quarterback out of Oregon uh, who could be the next great NFL quarterback or perhaps the quarterback out of Florida State who could be the next great NFL quarterback. Who do you go? What do you do? Winston versus Marcus Mariota. And today... Marcus Mariota is released from his third team in the National Football League. I mean, after everything we've seen here, Steve, and we've seen the whole thing, why didn't it work out here? What what was the flag we were supposed to see at Oregon or anywhere else that Marcus Mariota was not a franchise quarterback, or is that just unavoidable in this kind of a process? Well, you see it sometimes. Just the guys at the top of the draft don't always pan out. Certainly quarterbacks don't always pan out the way you expect. I think there's some to blame for the Chip Kelly offense at Oregon. I mean, they run Mm. at an electric pace. He ran the ball very effectively in college, but so often it was open field running. You know, he wasn't taking a beating. He was literally just running by defenses that were fooled or gassed or, or whatever, you know, adjective you want to use trying to defend a Chip Kelly offense and in terms of Mariota himself back there as a quarterback most of the time when he was passing he was passing to guys who were very open and in the NFL as we know you've got to be able to throw a guy open from the quarterback position from time to time and I I think we've just seen over the course of his career that Marcus isn't very good at doing that he's an okay quarterback if it's there to be thrown to But if you're trying to elevate the guys around you, which we so often talk about the QB position, and you're trying to create some separation where there is no separation by fitting the ball in there perfectly, he just hasn't shown the ability to do that at this level. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a good leader Mm -hmm. in the locker room. I think he's a good athlete. But I just think it's proven that he is not a starting caliber NFL quarterback. I think he'll be on a roster somewhere next year. I think he... He provides a, a change-up potentially like the role he had in Vegas. I think if somebody got hurt, you know, certainly I'd rather have him starting a game than Malik Willis right now. I'm not suggesting he should come back here, by the way. I'm just saying he. I think he's a solid <laughs> backup in the league, but I think the days of Marcus Mariota being a starter – are probably done. Okay, I was going to end with the follow-up, but uh, clearly you answered <laughs> that. Uh, real quick on the way out, what do you think about Luke Steckel? Nine years here, hired as the assistant offensive line coach for the Bears. Huh. Well, yeah, it's interesting, and it, it adds some intrigue to me about the new offensive staff and what all the titles mean, because I, I think we've had this discussion about what does it mean when you have not just an offensive coordinator – but a pass game coordinator mm-hmm. and a run game coordinator. And then you also have a pass game analyst and a run game analyst. And those two analysts used to be position coaches, but now they're not position coaches anymore. Is that a elevation? Is that a promotion? Or is that a demotion? And it's, it seems to me, reading the tea leaves, I'd be curious if anybody asked Mike Drabel this in the minutes he spoke up there today in Indy. I'd be curious 
what he says about that because it, it reads to me like Luke Steckel thought it was a demotion, that he was working with the offensive line, that he was working with the tight ends, and now he was just, just I put in quotes, the run game analyst. And the idea that he could go off to another place and be back as a position coach seemed to be a more intriguing option to me or to him. So uh, it it makes me wonder how Pat O'Hara feels. It makes me wonder what the dynamic of the room is. Sounds like Mike Vrabel wants another one of those analysts in that role. So he wants a lot of guys on his staff. He wants a lot of people collaborating, to use that word again, and to have everybody involved and everybody to have a title. And I think he thinks it's good for those guys' promotion and their chances of upward mobility, whether it's in the organization or elsewhere. But it appears right now that Luke Steckel thought his best chance of upward mobility was to leave and go take an offensive line job in Chicago and move out of the run game analyst job here. An assistant offensive line job. Yeah. It is. Uh, Mike Rabel's come a long way as a head coach. Now he is all about titles. Where before he was like, what's the big <laughs> yeah. deal about titles? What's yeah, the big deal about it? Yeah, with that. Big deal. Titles mean now nothing. everybody now gets titles. <laughs> you get a title. You get a title. You in the back. You get a title. Or two years ago, I was like, what's the big deal about titles? Just saying. That's exactly right. Darren, you you are radio show coordinator for the afternoon. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Justin, you are radio show analyst. Thank Both you. You still host. You guys, you guys are doing a great job. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Steve, appreciate it as always. By the way, John Burton is up in Indy, so you guys will have coverage tonight. He is in Indy, so hopefully that means I have less work to do tonight. All right, so check out <laughs> News Channel 5. Steve will be hosting, and John oh. Burton will be an analyst up in Indianapolis. You haven't heard something. anything until you've heard those phone calls between, so, like, you got what? what? Did you get this? Well, why not? I got to do that? Well, that wasn't the end of I'm sorry. <laughs> Steve, appreciate it. Have a good day. Conversations today. See you guys. <laughs> Steve Lehman, News Channel 5. We'll take a break. We'll come back. More of the McFarland Show on the other side. By the way, we'll welcome your phone calls the rest of the way as well. 615-844-5600. Are you tired of your current vehicle? Maybe looking for a new or pre-owned vehicle? Hey guys, it's Zach. Hayes Nissan of Rivergate is the best choice for your vehicle needs. Located at 1550 Calton Pike North in Madison, Hayes Nissan of Rivergate has been serving the Middle Tennessee community for over three decades. That gives you confidence that Hayes Nissan of Rivergate can find the perfect vehicle for your lifestyle and your budget. Their friendly and knowledgeable staff will make sure you are taken care of. I should know because I've seen it firsthand. Every vehicle I've purchased has been from Hayes Nissan of Rivergate and I love the entire process. Now, I don't want you to forget about their award-winning parts and service department. It has everything you need to get you back on the road. Go visit them on the web at NissanOfRiverGate.com. They're open there 24-7, 365 days a year. Or give them a call at 615-865-7220. Again, that number is 615-865-7220. That's Hayes Nissan of Rivergate, where your dollar always goes farther. When you're away from home and you want down-home cooking, Kitchen Notes at the Omni Nashville Hotel is the answer. Excellent, fresh, and local, just like Grandma used to make. Start your day with a Music City omelet and some prime rib hash, or a cast iron waffle with Nashville hot chicken. For those wanting variety, hit the biggest breakfast buffet in Music City. And, of course, the world-famous Biscuit Bar. Start your day with the fresh, local, and down-home cooking of Kitchen Notes at the Omni Nashville Hotel, 5th Avenue, downtown. 
At Total Wine and More, save big on what you love this month with hundreds of deals. Get up to 35% off over 100 different wines and spirits, including Cabernet, sparkling wine, single barrel bourbon, and so much more. These savings are huge, and even better, they're on top of prices that are already the lowest in town. Deals this good don't last long, so visit Total Wine and More to find yours. Love what you find at the lowest price, only at Total Wine and More. Drink responsibly, B21. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What happens to your decision-making when you drink? Well, after one drink, you feel confident. A few more... And calling your ex at 1 a.m. seems like a great idea. And you're pretty sure the secret to a great taco is four-day-old macaroni. The bottom line, drunk you doesn't make great decisions. So you're risking a DUI or worse if you count on him to get you home. Plan before you party. Get home safe. Paid for by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. This is the Greg Pogue and John Burton Show. The Grizzlies are a fun team. They're a really good team. They're playing extremely well. The Grizzlies have a reputation of getting under a lot of people's skin because they are a cocky, mouthy team. They're good. They back it up. But somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to be the heel of the NBA, and probably they're the heel right Right. now. And I think think they enjoy that role. Greg Pogue and News Channel 5's John Burton. WNSR. Nashville Sports Radio. You're listening to The McFarland Show live on WNSR Nashville Sports Radio. Well, to add to the Toronto misery, Bill tweets at us. Yeah. Don't forget about those Toronto Argonauts. Ah, the CFL. They may have won some championships too. While the Leafs are waiting for one. Yeah, I looked it up, Bill. They've won 10. Yeah. Since 1967. They're pretty good. By the way, they won it last season. Yeah. The Grey Cup. The Grey Cup, yeah. Yeah. The Grey Cup CFL championship. So they won it twice. Ten times. Yeah. Ouch. Man. It's been a while. (laughs) It's been a while. I mean. No wonder they're a mess up there. Well, at least you can't say they haven't had championships there in the city. They just haven't had the championship. They won it. You know, they've gotten other chips. But they haven't had the chip. They, you know, the typical Toronto fan, they would trade all the chips, the Blue Jays chips, the MLS chips, the CFL chips, the NBA chip, Drake, give it all back if you can give us one Stanley Cup here recently. They would trade in a lot of things. They'd probably trade in the CN Tower. Yeah. They they trade in a lot. Sky Dome. Sky Dome. Take it all back. Take, take it. it. Take, take it. it. Everything's short of maple syrup. Clearing they- <laughs> clearinghouse cell. Yeah. Everything must go for Lord Stanley Cup. Man. Mm. Man, man, oh man. Oh, so thank you, Bill, for tweeting that at me. I, I forgot about the, 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 the Argonauts. pesky CFL team yeah. up there. That's won 10 great cups. 
All right, do we have any audio, or did the NFL forget to pack up the microphones and take them to Indy? They have a microphone. It's just not a very strong microphone. Oh. So it would take some doctoring to get that ready to go for us, which um, it's tough to do on short notice. So you don't hear any questions. You just hear answers. You barely hear the answers. Oh, you barely hear the answers. And you don't hear any questions at oh, all. Oh, wow. Lovely. So that's that's where we are with that. So, um, again, well, we would have to do some things to get that audio ready for us. But that doesn't sound like today. It, it would take a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't tell. I'm not saying it's impossible. It would just take a few minutes. Well, good thing our combine coverage isn't, you know, sponsored. That no, would be and, and that, that would be, be problematic here today. <laughs> uh, even though there's a couple of names out there that, that have been released today by other teams, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have released Leonard Fournette, yep. uh, running back from LSU, uh, who um, was rivaled. A lot of people thought he and Derrick Henry were the best two running backs out of that particular draft ca- class. Of course, both of them played in the SEC. Both of them uh, played each other in a couple of clashes. Uh, people thought at the time that Leonard Fournette was more NFL-ready than Derrick Henry was. And there may have been some truth to that, to be honest. It took... Derrick Henry a little while to kick in. Hard to tell. They traded for DeMarco Murray, so he didn't really get much of a chance early on. That argument can be made as well. Well, Remember, he was the AFC rushing champ the first year. DeMarco Murray, when he came here. Oh, DeMarco Murray He led the AFC in in rushing. Yes, yes. You know, he was... He was productive. Yes, oh, very. Oh, very. So those two seasons, he was productive and... Derrick Henry didn't see the field much. Yeah, so didn't I remember, see a lot of action. And remember, when we did see him, a lot of people were questioning, including Eddie George, who had to yeah. talk with him, yeah. right? Now, I don't know if that was truly the conversation that the light bulb went on. He said, but Both of them claim it was. Eddie you know? claims it was. Derrick Henry's been on record saying that it was. Yeah. So... But, but we weren't even sure at that time. Oh no! If Derrick Henry was, can he be an every down back? Every down is he like just an eight to ten carry? A, you know, carries a game kind of guy. What is he? Listen, there was a guy named David Fluellen, who was, if he had stayed healthy, there was real close. He was on the people's court, right? No, not that. That's Doug Llewellyn. Oh, oh that was Doug Llewellyn. Yeah, okay. No, that, that, different guy. A, a different guy. Uh, this was a backup running back for the Titans when they were searching for somebody. And a lot of people thought, because he had been a camp guy, and a lot of people thought that he hurt his knee, and Derrick Henry was able to get back in the running at that point. But anyway, Leonard yeah. Fournette is where I started with all Can this. Can a lot of people tell that you play court shows on Fox? I mean, you were on it. Yeah, well, you know, you were I watched on a lot of court, court. I watched a reference. lot of court shows growing up. So, you know, Doug, <laughs> Doug, Doug Flewellen, uh, or Llewellyn, Doug Llewellyn uh, was the guy I watched quite a bit. Um, with you know, who, Doug or David? No, or not both. David. No, or both. Doug. Okay. Doug, the the court reporter, the court for the, reporter for the people's courts. But you for, did see David Flewellen. Yeah, yes, yes, running the football for the Titans, um, which are two very different people. Judge Wapner was not involved <laughs> in the decision with the Titans running back. Uh, he was involved with Doug Llewellyn, uh, who worked for People's Court. Um, Leonard Fournette's where all this started, coming out of LSU. Going to Jacksonville. Who, who is he? Oh, he's a running back. He's okay. a running back. Went to Jacksonville, then went to Tampa, and then today got released. Yeah. 
Um, and then the other big name, a notable name anyway, I'm not going to say big, is uh, is Galloway there out of uh, the Giants. Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay. Galladay. Not to be confused with Joey Galloway. Kenny Galladay uh, is a wide receiver of a different kind. He plays for the, uh, or he played rather, for the Giants. Uh, missed a lot of time this year yeah, and uh, looks uh, to be eh. kind of uh, on the backside here. I Yeah, I'm. I think yeah, that's because I know people immediately. Uh, Galladay with the Titans. Eh. Oh, that's why I'm bringing it up. Eh. I'm bringing it up because this is the time of year where everybody who's when these released things starts popping yes, up. I know, and some of these guys are I former know. Pro Bowl caliber guys. Not that long ago, and people start plugging in names. So you know, just I'm just putting it out here. You know, these guys are out here. You know, start filling out your fantasy football roster, your Titans mock draft right now. Just to show you how difficult the draft is and how inexact that science is. Mm -hmm. Tampa had the first pick in the draft. The Titans had the second pick in the draft. Yeah. And both picks were average. If you were on a scale of 1 to 10 – You'd give them a five. Not rousing they successes, ones. but they weren't complete total failures. They weren't ones or twos, but they weren't nines or tens. No. They were, it was about a five. They did okay. A four or five. Yeah. That's really about it. And, and truth be known, if if Marcus Mariota would have went to Tampa and if Jameis Winston would have came here, I don't know if the – Anything changes. Anything changes just, at all. I, I and, and And those situations – uh, with where they were with their coaching and GM staff at the, and the teams around them at the time. I'm not sure if anything changes at all, uh, honestly. Well, he, Winston would have probably thrown less picks here because they don't throw as they much. They don't throw the ball as much. Yeah. But, you know, he couldn't be full-blown the best version of himself in this kind of an offense anyway. No. I, I think he'd have been frustrated here and a whole lot of other well, things. Well, remember, he happened. led the league in touchdown passes. And interceptions. And interceptions yeah. in the same season. Yeah. So there's some talent there, and then there is some not talent all at the same time. Very mixed bag with Jameis Winston. And really, it's a mixed bag with Marcus Mariota, too. It's just a different kind of a mixed bag that you're getting with him. Well, why wouldn't it be a mixed bag? Of course it is. I mean, really, his was just about his record. Like, he didn't dazzle you. I didn't think, like, Winston really only dazzled you with yards and touchdowns. Like slinging yeah. the ball around the yard. Yeah, he didn't dazzle you in the interception department. He didn't dazzle you with his record because they were just a 500 team with him. No, yeah. and Mariota didn't dazzle you with stats. No, he just dazzled you with his legs and his the you know the success that they had under the, him. The late game stuff, I thought he was very yeah. good. The two minute I would agree late with drive that. up the field, yep. I thought he was re- at times he was really good at that. Yep. Um, but then again, that was more akin to what he did at Oregon when they were doing that. The hurry up, you know, kind of offense. He excelled at that. It was always shotgun. You know, he could see the whole field, no huddle kind of a thing. That's where it was clear. That's where he was most comfortable. And that's not the NFL full time. That's Chip Kelly in Oregon. Mm -hmm. But it can't be certainly not Mike Malarkey and Mike Vrabel full-time in the NFL. And, you know, it, it, it just doesn't work that way. I don't think when you ask that question to Steve, 
there's nothing anybody could have done because the reality is neither one of them are just good enough for the league to be starters. They're just not. Which is what's hard. They're just backup guys. Because people, I understand there's probably going to be some disappointment out there for Titans fans at the thought of bringing Ryan Tannehill back for another year. The issue is if you release Ryan Tannehill or trade Ryan Tannehill or whatever you want to do with Ryan Tannehill, then what are you doing at quarterback? Well, yeah, you can go draft a guy. Well, there's no guarantee that any of the guys you can go draft are going to be any good. Ask the Buccaneers and the Titans of old about the two guys they thought, which, by the way, got all the pub you could possibly want. It was everywhere. Don't forget the NFL even did them a favor. What did they do the first week of the season? Put them against each other. Put them against each other. Yeah. That wasn't my accident. No. No, they want to showcase these two young guns, one and two quarterback, and and everybody knew they were going one and two. It was it was very similar to the Ryan Leaf, uh, Peyton Manning situation. Wasn't sure who was going to go one and who was going to go two. They knew that they were going to go one and two. They didn't know which one was going to go one and two. And you know, this time it looked like it didn't matter. But everybody used that as a backdrop, thinking, well, one of these guys could be a future Hall of Famer, and the other one could be a bust. Well, it doesn't always go like that, and it didn't go like that in this situation. Both of the guys are part-time starters, part-time backups in the National Football League. Nothing wrong with that. Huge success in college. Heisman Trophy winners. The whole nine national championship. National championship, Huge success. Just not the right offensive system, not the right quarterbacks for this level of football. No shame in it. Just what it turned into. Yeah. Mariota just – I was amazed at even – the short passes, like how much at times he struggled. Just short passes. A little, you know, eight foot, eight foot, eight yard pass, he, you know, over overshoot. I just, his passing just I, I, was I, left to be desired. Just not good enough. A, a lot of the things just became mysteries. He couldn't make the throws. No. He just couldn't. And, and he wasn't healthy at Winston key points. could, oh, but yeah. then he could also make throws, as we've already discussed, to the other team a lot. Yeah. But he that, forced that's a that lot. gunslinger. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, he that's that lot. gunslinger mentality, though. Yeah. That's who he was at Florida State, yeah, too. Of course. It's not like he got to the league and became somebody brand new. Nah, he was throwing the ball like that at Florida State, just with rousing success on a lower level of football in the ACC, the ACC and the NFL. Yeah, it's a little different. Yeah, we'll come back, wrap up Tuesday's edition of the McFarland Show. We'll do that next. Brad Fowler, Century 21 Right Realty, is reminding motorists to slow down on our roadways, keep an eye out for kids at play, and never text and drive. Brad Fowler, Century 21 Right Realty, is our area's premier and most trusted real estate professional, backed by years of experience. So if you're buying, selling, moving, or improving, give the pros a call today at 615-519-3339. Brad Fowler, Century 21 Right Realty, a professional who cares. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. 
Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-529-2856. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-529-2856. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-529-2856. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds too. For affordable term life, call 800-529-2856. Today on Hey Culligan, reverse to reduce. Here's Bob. Hey Culligan, I love fresh water, but I got plastic bottles coming out. Whoa, Bob, you are not kidding about the bottles. But did you know Culligan's reverse osmosis and always-on drinking water systems provide fresh, clean, delicious drinking water and help reduce the equivalent of over 15 billion plastic bottles from landfills worldwide? Holy fresh, environmentally friendly drinking water. Am I right? Right, Bob. And we're already on the way. Let us help you out with a free in-home water test from a local Culligan water expert at Culligan.com. They say they'll get your biggest tax refund. Jackson Hewitt says your biggest tax refund guaranteed and a chance to double your tax refund. Thousands in weekly prizes during the Double Your Refund sweepstakes. Your biggest refund times two, twice the money. So forget about them. File your taxes on the double at Jackson Hewitt today. No purchase necessary to enter or win. Open to U.S. residents 18 or older who file a 2022 federal tax return. Promotion ends 4223. Visit jacksonhewitt.com for rules. Welcome to Smashville, home of the biggest hits in hockey and the loudest parties on Broadway. Join us at Bridgestone Arena Tuesday, February 28th for golf night and college night with Western Kentucky University as your Nashville Predators take on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Purchase your special event tickets today at NashvillePredators.com slash college nights for a Preds branded golf towel or Preds and Western Kentucky co-branded hat. That's NashvillePredators.com slash college nights. Let's go Preds. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. If you were going to hire Tim Kelly, you, they've been done for over a month. I mean, well, that would have already been done. This is where you scoured the ends of the earth and you just went in-house because if you've looked at the OCs, they've been coming from within on Mike Rabel's staff. What happened? Uh, what happened? I mean, I don't know. There could be a lot of different things that happen. I'm not sure. The McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR. Honest opinions, genuine conversations. The McFarland Show. Tomorrow in Old Hickory, starting at 10 o'clock, they're going to do a car seat check event. Tennessee Highway Safety Office has partnered with the state and local agencies for a car seat check event. That'll be in Old Hickory. That address will be 4331 Old Hickory Boulevard, again, starting at 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., where you've got an opportunity uh, as parents, guardians, caregivers, uh, to participate and receive child passenger safety tips, educational resources, and access to certified technicians. So keep that in mind tomorrow, starting at 10 a.m. in Old Hickory. Very important. Very important. it It is. It absolutely is. Tonight, you've got Tennessee, mm-hmm. little little uh, Tennessee-Arkansas action, a little late night. By the way, that thing tips at 9 o'clock in Knoxville. 
in Knoxville. Yeah. Eight o'clock here. Eight o'clock here. Okay. I think it's on. It's on ESPN, ESPN two, two, right? It's on ESPN, ESPN two. ESPN it is. Two. Yeah. Tennessee five and a half point favorite to uh, to get that. That's done. been going down, by the way. It started. It's been going uh, down. They get like seven, seven and a half. It's been going down. Hmm. What do you make of that? You know, I, I, I make that they make really big buildings in Las Vegas. That's what that's what I make of it. <laughs> they make they build really nice fountains and hotels, and they give away a lot of food. So that that's that's what I make of it. Okay, they do, and the food's good. Yes, I haven't been in several years, but yes, from what I recall. So Arkansas, Tennessee, and Knoxville tonight. Uh, Arkansas has been a little bit of a disappointment. You know, I mean, well, I don't know what the expect. Do you know what the expectations well, were for Arkansas basketball coming into the year? Their, their coach is always their coach is a winner, man. Yeah, I like him. Well, Musselman's a winner. Yeah, I mean, even, he, even when he was at Nevada, man, every year they were like a sneaky pick in the NCAA tournament. So Eric Musselman is who we're talking yeah, about, right? Yeah. I see. I remember him more from the NBA, not from well. The you know college days he was with the Hawks, I believe, yep. and then before that, I felt like he was with. Another team in the NFL. I want to say it was something like the Kings or someone there uh, in the in the NBA. Um, he did have some some marginal success there. That, I think he got to the playoffs a few times. Um, he was the don't forget he was the Golden State Warriors coach. That's Sacram- right. There's the there it is. Sacramento Kings coach. So it was Sacramento. Okay. Yep. Okay. I don't remember him as the Warriors coach. Uh, was that a long time? Was that was 02 to 04. Okay, yeah. well, okay. Wow. Actually, he was never the Hawks head coach. He was just a assistant. He was just a long-time assistant, huh? Yep. One of those things. Uh, something else, speaking of the NBA, uh, Grizzlies taking on the Lakers tonight without right. LeBron James. That's correct. LeBron James out for who well, knows how long. Hurt his ankle. Foot injuries, what they're calling yeah, it. Yeah, it looked but, like he hurt his ankle the other night. He played okay. through it, but yeah. was obviously in a great deal of pain. Golden yeah. opportunity for the Grizz. Pick up a W. So keep that in mind. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. Lakers in the house, FedEx Forum. Got the Predators here hosting the Penguins. Yes. Last game in the month of February. And then tomorrow, Vanderbilt will be in Lexington to take on Kentucky tomorrow Ooh. night. Maybe we'll get a preview on that. Okay. All right, that'll do it for our show. Enjoy this beautiful day. Look forward to talking to you tomorrow starting at 2 o'clock. We'll see you then.